This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Monday, March 7th. What a weekend it was. Ah, great weekend in sports, in life as well. Uh, My wife was out of town, so I had to call in air support. Uh, Flew in my mom from out of town. You know, listen. You got a dog, got two kids, you got multiple sports, you can't leave the dog home alone. Yes, uh, as new dog owners, any out there will find out, our dog just does not handle being home alone very well at all. Rob, you have a dog. How's your dog home alone? Is he okay or no? Uh, In the beginning, she absolutely was not. Um, She was very attached at the hip. She was a very needy dog um mm-hmm. since the baby has been born about two and a half years ago she's kind of learned to be more independent only because she had to be but oh before that no not at all yeah we've got one of now our dog isn't like pooping and peeing all over the house but he has been known to like go in the rooms when we're not here breathlessly looking for us and one time took one of my daughter's like teddy bears <laughs> rips it out of the bed and throws it in the hallway basically telling us i'm upset at you guys left us it was pretty hilarious at any rate, it, it was an awesome weekend. Uh, I didn't get to hoop as much as I wanted. I know you guys love the the basketball stories. By the way, I got to give a shout out to one of my boys. I knew this guy back in elementary school, uh, Dan Sharma in, in Virginia. And then in middle school and then in high school, obviously, he went. I think he went to UVA and we, we were friends. Still talk, follow each other on social. So he's still in our hometown and he's coaching like the local travel basketball team and they won like the county championship and he, he was doing some celebration. I was, so I told him I'd give him a shout out and uh, one of the, I guess one of the best baseball pitchers in my high school's history maybe. I don't know. Tom McGinn was videotaping the game and doing play-by-play. Like these guys, they, they're having fun for sure back in my hometown, Northern Virginia. Uh, living the dream as they say. So congrats to those guys. My son had a good basketball uh, tournament uh, Saturday. My daughter had a thrilling game Sunday. And, um, you know, there's some decent NBA action over the weekend. This guy named LeBron James dropped 56 on the Warriors. And it was it was a pretty lit, uh, I was going to say Staples, Crypto.com crowd. And I was watching. I did not go to the game. I got to just say, this was one of those vintage LeBron performances. He knows there's a national TV audience. The Warriors are in town. Matthew Stafford's in the front row. Phil Jackson's in attendance. It was it was one of those, like, LeBron's like, well, I'm not coming off the court. I'm going to score a lot of points, and we're going to win the game. And as we've seen lately, the Warriors, minus Draymond Green, are really hurting defensively. And LeBron was utterly dominant, 56. By the way, I got it. Rob, I got to say. I know I called out the Malik Monk early, you know, when they signed him. I was like, listen, there's going to be games where he's going to give you 20, 30. There's going to be a Malik Monk game in the playoffs. That's coming. But Austin Reeves, nobody had this undrafted rookie, and he's playing crunch time minutes. I got to get, I know we're bashing Palinka, but Austin Reeves has been great. But this is all about LeBron. His 56 were incredible. And, you know, Rob finds this article, uh, complex.com. With the headline, LeBron James on not being regarded as one of the NBA's all-time best scorers. It pisses me off. Apparently, this barbershop show, I, I don't watch it, but apparently, you know, they asked LeBron about it, and he, he said he's not happy, not be, being called one of the all-time great scorers. And it's it's always been, to me, Rob, interesting that people perceive LeBron that way because I guess he makes the pass late in games which is usually the smart basketball play. And a lot of people will bash him for that. 
But, you know, we know Kareem was probably the best scorer in NBA history. The skyhook was untouchable. He played in an era. I mean, they outlawed the dunk for a minute when Kareem was playing at UCLA. He was utterly dominant. Michael Jordan obviously was a great scoring machine. But this idea that LeBron's not a great scorer, I, I don't know about you, Rob. That, to me, is silly. I, I actually view it as LeBron can score whenever he wants, but he wants to get everyone else involved because he's seen guys score whenever you want and not win anything. I mean, how many years did Michael Jordan score whenever he wanted and not win a damn thing? LeBron, we know this. I, I think the line was, he's built like Carl Malone, but has the speed end-to-end of John Wall. So yeah, he can attack the rim any single time he wants. Does he want to get hammered in the lane all night long? Of course not. Is he a great free throw shooter? No. He's good free throw shooter, not great. I think he's in the 70s this year, 74 maybe, but like 80s is is great. 70s is very good, right? And I think LeBron's in that good, very good category. But I don't see why people would not call him a great scorer. What can he not do? Is he a Steph Curry type three-point shooter? No. He's a good three-point shooter. Get to the rim whenever he wants. He's unstoppable in transition. He could soar for dunks. Like, what can LeBron not do? He doesn't love the low post game because obviously that takes a lot out of you. And he wants to be a 35, 40 minute a game guy in the playoffs. And you can't do that if you are posting up all night long. He's got to run the offense, usually has to guard the best or the opposing wing. Maybe not as much now, but. He's usually getting put into defending that player late in game. See Luka Doncic uh, of the Mavs last week. And Luka ate him up, obviously. But this idea that LeBron's not a great scorer is silly. I mean, Kevin Durant is a better scorer than LeBron because it's just so natural for him. James Harden, probably a better scorer. But LeBron's still in that upper crust of great scorers in the league. It's like when I said on Undisputed last week, Jason Tatum is the best one-on-one player since Kobe Bryant. All these people's heads were exploding. Like, oh, you're crazy. That's insane. Like, no. Have you watched Jason Tatum? He is unstoppable. His footwork is impeccable. He can beat you on the ISO up top. He can beat you on the block. I'll tell you right now, James Harden is a great scorer. One-on-one, that's not James Harden. He eats people alive on the pick and roll. You can't post up James Harden and say, "Give give me 25 from the block. Tatum will do that all night. All night. Now, Kevin Durant is a great scorer. One-on-one, yeah, obviously he's great. He can get a shot off over anybody. But again, he, Kevin Durant, not attacking, taking you on the block, and then driving and getting into the bucket. He's more of, I'll shoot the fadeaway because my touch is awesome. That's not a knock on Durant. People took it like I was bashing him. Uh, Durant and Harden for not uh, putting them up there in Tatum. And again, I think Tatum, the other best one-on-one player, is probably Kyrie Irving. And you guys know I take some shots at Kyrie. But Tatum and Kyrie are guys who get into him on the wing, clear out, go to work. Now, a lot of guys can do that. KD, by the way, is 33 years old. I think Tatum is 24. Tatum gave Kyrie and Seth Curry and Bruce Brown and Kevin Durant, all of them, 54 on Sunday. He looked like an an all-NBA player. I, you guys know I'm enamored with Jason Tatum's game. The last guy to stop Jason Tatum was Coach K at Duke. Nobody has shut down Jason Tatum. He's been to the conference finals twice. The guy is a bucket machine. So, like, it, it, NBA's weird because when I say Jason Tatum best one-on-one, people get freaked out. Oh, that's total. No way. And when I say, yeah, LeBron's one of the best scorers in NBA history, no way. 
What are you talking about? It's like Akeem Olajuwon, one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. The dream shake, like unstoppable. I don't know, Rob. You're with me, right? LeBron, one of the greatest scorers in NBA history? Yes. But yeah. let me just say, I do understand why he is not regarded as one of the best players. Because even he admitted it, if you watch the clip, which I know you say he didn't, um, Maverick Carter sitting next to him, he's like, yeah, you know, when I think of the, the best scores of all time, I don't immediately think of you. And even though LeBron's going to end as probably the all-time leading scorer. And it's because, like you mentioned, LeBron doesn't have as deep of a bag as Kobe, as Michael Jordan, as even, you know, you mentioned Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum. Like, he's okay from three-point line. He can't really shoot free throws. He doesn't have a go-to move that you can pinpoint. But the difference is, is that, and I remember saying this about a year ago when the Athletic put out their ranking of the best scorers in the NBA, and I think they had LeBron like around 10th, and he was four spots behind Kyrie. I remember he was four spots behind Kyrie. Oh, geez. And I'm like, you know, LeBron's average scoring is on par with Kyrie's career high scoring. And it's like, just because you have a better bag, you're, you know, this is my analogy I used. Just because you have a Swiss Army knife doesn't mean it gets the job better than a hammer. And whether you, whatever you say about LeBron and him not being that great of a three-point shooter, not that great of a three-point shooter, not really being a, a fantastic mid-range shooter. I know he has the, the, the fall away a little bit now. The fact is, is that he can put the ball in the basket at a better clip than damn near anybody in history. You know, Shaq didn't have a, a ton of moves, but could you stop him from scoring? No, you probably couldn't. That's a good analogy. Yeah. I mean, like, Olajuwon had, uh, like, better footwork, better moves, better fadeaways, but Shaq was just... The raw power. I mean, that Chris Dudley dunk. Yeah. The, you know, the historic dunk that everybody shows. You're right. So LeBron, Shaq. Um, well, the, the, with Shaq, I always thought the good comparison with like David Robinson. Like David Robinson's, you know, as a center, he had all the moves. He could do a fall away. He could, he could uh, go to his left shoulder, right shoulder. He could do, you know, drop step. Had all these different moves. And he was great. But you're never going to tell me that he was a better scorer than Shaq. Because no. Shaq... Whether he only had, you know, a three-foot hook shot and a dunk, but the fact is you couldn't stop it. And that's the thing about LeBron James is that whether he he looks pretty like Kyrie or or Jordan or Kobe or whoever your favorite guy is, the fact is he can put the ball in the basket. And that's the name of the game. It doesn't matter how you do it as long as it gets done. And I think that's why he doesn't get the respect you think that he would deserve for being an all-time great scorer, even though statistically he is going to go down as the greatest scorer in NBA history. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's weird. The the people who want to not give LeBron props, there's so many reasons why. Like, he passes at the end of games. He's not a great scorer. He changes teams a lot. He gets super teams. He loses in the finals. It, it, Rob, it's just like people are bending over backwards to find reasons to not like one of the greatest players, a guy who's never been in trouble off the court, very little controversy with him, like, in trouble off the court. It's like, the guy's just amazing as a talent, yet we are trying really hard to not like him. And I think it's because we idolized, or not we, but a lot of people idolized Jordan on the come up. And when he starts dominating and people were influenced in the 90s, you know, cable TV um, starts to pop. 
the internet comes around around 95, 96, and Jordan is on top, and it's just like everything converged for MJ. I just, Rob, I, I find it funny. Like, people have been hating on the Lakers hard. So they beat the Warriors. Ah, oh, well, they got lucky. You know, right? That's just a lucky win. Have you guys looked at the Lakers schedule? Have you looked at this week's set of games? Now, I don't know where Anthony Davis is in the workout. We'll come back, Rob. Maybe, maybe you have an update. But things soften up for the Lakers here. They had that brutal stretch. I mean, I think they had Mavs. Clippers isn't brutal, but, you know, it's a, it's a team that right now they, can't, they just can't figure out. Um, they had Utah. Well, they beat Utah. They had Golden State. Utah, L.A., New Orleans, which was bad, then Dallas, L.A., Golden State, all these TV games. This week, San Antonio, Houston, Washington. Rob, they got to go 3-0. It's easy to lose focus in the Texas two-step. You know, that's San Antonio. Come on, these guys stink. They're tanking. Houston, by the way, Houston beat Memphis. Now, Houston beat Memphis Sunday, by the way, which was a bit of a surprise. Houston had lost like 12 in a row. But the Lakers should win these three and then put some distance between them and Portland and the Pels. And, Rob, we're at that portion of the season where you start scoreboard watching. And Denver was facing uh, New Orleans Sunday night. And, yeah, I was kind of looking at that game. Brandon Ingram hits his half-court shot at halftime that was insane. And the Nuggets rally. Jokic is, like, unstoppable down the stretch. Nuggets force overtime and then win. And that's like a damaging loss to the Pels who have an easy schedule the rest of the way. So a win there would have helped them. And I think there's about 17, 18 games left for most teams. I got to say, like, we're going to figure out a lot of stuff here down the stretch. Now, Rob, I do want to ask you. There were reports from Wojnarowski on Saturday, I think, on, on ESPN that said... There is a push in the Lakers organization to get Westbrook to be the sixth man. Now, we've been on this podcast early on that. We've been preaching that for the longest time. And, like, you know, I, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but I guess Vogel is essentially saying, I'm getting pushback from Russ. Maybe this is their chance. Hey, let's get it through the media and Russ will capitulate. But if if you're looking for LeBron to get rest for the stretch one, I would say. San Antonio or Houston, I don't know about Washington, San Antonio or Houston seems like a game where maybe we see Russ kind of have his have the show. I mean, you would think that that would happen. The problem is that the Lakers are the most Jekyll and Hyde team that are currently in the playoff chase in any conference. You know, like their problem is, and, and a lot of it I think falls on LeBron, even though I know he had 56 on over the weekend against Golden State, is that his engine at 37 runs very hot and cold. Like if he's locked in and he's focused, the team follows him and they're focused. The problem though, is that because of his age, I'm sure because of his frustration with Russ and the rest of the team and then and, and their shortcomings is he'll, he'll have entire games. Well, not games, entire halves, entire quarters. Where he's just mailing it in. Like his body language is terrible. You know, he, you look at the stat sheet and yo, he has like 16, four and two or whatever it is, but he's, you can tell he's not really playing hard. He's kind of conserving whatever energy he needs. And the problem though, is th th this team is not mentally strong. And so when LeBron is not locked in the way he needs to be, they don't lock in either. And that's how they get beat by Oklahoma city and by the Portland JV team and, and who have, you, you know, they they crumble very quickly 
because they, 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 they follow their best player and their best player at this point in his career is just does not have the stamina, I don't think, to stay locked in like that. Um, as far as the Russell Westbrook situation, I think it would be an abject disaster if they try to bring him off the bench because his confidence is already shaken. You can tell that, you know, when he gets the ball to shoot and the crypto.com center kind of because <gasps> they don't want it because they know it's going to be a brick off the side of the backboard or an air ball or a turnover or something stupid. If they try to make him come off the bench, what little confidence he still has is going to be shot. But here's the thing. Hold on. Here's the thing about that. If LeBron is off the court and AD is still in street clothes, I don't think a lot of people are going to be nervous with Russell Westbrook shooting because otherwise, what are your options? THT? Monk? <laughs> Get the ball to Austin Reeves. Like, there, nobody's saying that. You know, it's like if, if Russ is the only option, I think the confidence comes back. And it's like, hey, Russ, see how you're the only option with LeBron off the floor? That can kind of be you. You could come in as the energy guy, and you could do whatever the hell you want. By the way, against the Warriors, Rob, late in that game, attacking the basket, Russ is still pretty damn good. He doesn't have the lift. He's getting his shot blocked more. I would love to get that stat. I don't have it. How many times has he been blocked? I swear the Mavs got him like three times at the rim uh, last week. I, yes. I know Luka got him for one. For one. And but Luka like, can jump, can't jump over a phone book. And he blocked Russ at the rim. So Russ right. doesn't have that bounce, but... If he is slashing, that's a much better result, likely, than it is one of his jump shots. Yeah, well, I mean, um, they, they've tried, you know, to stagger their minutes as much as possible with LeBron and Russ. Um, the issue is that they'll try to go small when it's Russ, and they'll have, like, Carmelo at center and, and you know, whoever else. And when you have Russ, Carmelo, Monk at the, on the floor at the same time, there is zero defense out there. Yeah. And so whatever offense they are able to generate, they give it right back. And and I think that's why Anthony Davis is so important to everything that they do because virtually any two-man combination of those three works. Works almost really it looks really well. The problem is is that LeBron and Russ doesn't work at all and Russ by himself so far has been terrible. And um you know, we'll see what happens, but uh uh, they just got to get to April and hopefully they're still in this, you know, nine, eight seed, whatever. And, and then AD comes back and then hopefully we'll see what happens. Uh, I just, before we pivot to the NFL, I wanted to, uh, I just clicked on minutes per game. Uh, I think you'll like this. Number one in the league, Fred Van Vliet, 38 minutes per game. Number two, Pascal Siakam, both guys at Toronto. Number three, this was a surprise, James Harden. Yes. I, I, I don't know how that's accurate, but number four, Minutes per game, LeBron James, 36.8. He's 37 years old. He's doing offense. He leads the team in offense, uh, in points. He leads the team in assists. And he's got to play center. I, I, Rob, I'm really, if he stubs a toe here down the stretch, the Lakers are toast. <laughs> well, Honestly, like he can't miss any time. Well, that's why I told you, like I said, that's why his engine runs hot and cold because they're asking him to do way too much. You know, if if they were somehow able to, and this was something that uh, Golden State did a few years back. I haven't checked them this season because I know that they've been a better team. But they made a point saying, Steph, you're playing 32, 33 minutes a game. Clay, you're playing 32 minutes a game. Draymond, you're playing 33, 34. Like, we're not going to push it. I don't care what the score gets away from us. We trust that you guys will be able to bring us back because I'd rather you have 80 to 90 to 100% of your abilities for 
30 minutes than let me get 70% of you for 45. Yeah. And that's something that, uh, you know, Brooklyn especially doesn't do well. Steve Nash, I think, has been so desperate to win games. He, he'll play Kevin Durant 42 minutes on a Tuesday, you know, <laughs> against Charlotte. Like, you don't need that. And, and that's one thing that the Lakers have had to do just to stay afloat, just stay in, in the contention is just play LeBron a ton of minutes. And that's why he coached so much. Uh, all right, pivoting to the NFL, just a couple topics. We're not. I didn't think anything really jumped out of the combine. Uh, I've got to do a uh, mock draft for Fox Sports this week, so I did watch more combine than I am willing to talk about here. <laughs> um, a lot of it on my phone, actually, which was nice. But I, I, I guess there is some free agency stuff that is worth talking about here. Here's my thing: the the free agency calendar does not start until March 16th, so we've got. Nine days left. And I don't know if everybody saw this. Um, We'll get to the Cowboys in a sec because, you know, there's a really interesting Cowboys thing out there. But I saw this from Adam Schefter. He snuck this in at like 7 a.m. on Saturday. Are you ready for this? And I'm surprised this didn't get a lot of juice. With the start of the new league year, 11 days away, the Packers still have not engaged in any trade scenarios regarding Rodgers and are awaiting the QB's decision. Okay? Nothing major there. Second one. If Rodgers decides he wants to be traded, it will be easy enough to get it done. No need for the Packers to engage in trade talks before then. If Rodgers wants trade, he will get trade quickly. Now, I here's what here's the game I like to play. Where did that come from? If Rodgers wants a trade, he'll get it. Now, again, this is there is some breadcrumb following here. And yes, this is what we're going to do on the podcast. But hear me out. So for about two weeks, all we've been hearing is Packers are confident they're going to keep Aaron Rodgers. We did this topic, I think, three or four days on Undisputed. Packers and Aaron Rodgers. They're confident they're going to keep him. They're confident. Uh, GM and the front office and everybody's prattling on about how Aaron Rodgers is feeling good, feeling confident. And then all of a sudden... You have Adam Schefter put this out Saturday. Huh. Nothing from the Rodgers camp, by the way. In response to all the feeling good, feeling good. So most of that feeling good coming from the Packers camp. One has to wonder if all of a sudden they got a chilly vibe from Aaron Rodgers. Quiet is probably not what you want to hear when you're waiting for your franchise quarterback to make a decision. Is there a chance the Packers approached Rodgers with something and he was like, mm, I'm just, I'm still going to wait. Remember, there was all this talk about we're going to make him the highest paid. And now, why is Schefter, who I think we argue is probably the biggest NFL reporter, Rappaport's right there. If Rodgers decide he wants to be traded, it will be easy enough to get it done. A couple days ago, the Packers were saying, we're going to make him the highest paid player in the league. 50 mil a year. And now it's, if he wants a trade, we'll, we'll give it to him. Guys, I'm just, maybe this is too much conjecture and reading the tea leaves. But to me, all of a sudden, the Packers got a chilly vibe from Rodgers and said, maybe we need to slow our roll. Maybe we're talking too much. Maybe we're out over our skis, sounding all confident and geek that he's coming back. Maybe we need to tone down the rhetoric just a little bit. So where do we go? We go to Adam Schefter. We see, well, (laughs) You know, there's no need to engage in trade talks a week ago. You know, Rodgers may want to come back. If he wants a trade, we'll give it to him. I I definitely think, 
and I've never wavered in this, that Aaron Rodgers can easily go to the Packers and say, yo, I'm done. I, we had a good run. I'm ready to move on elsewhere. And, and everybody wants to come to me and say, but Jason, but Jason, they've got the best chance to win. The Vikings, eh, new coach, eh, Kirk Cousins. Bears stink, we know that. Uh, Lions are the Lions. They got the division locked up. Aaron Rodgers is automatically going to the playoffs. They're going to win 13 games again. And I would just counter with, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers knows that. He's seen this movie three years in a row. They dominate the regular season and crumble in the postseason. What is going to change so that doesn't happen again? Let's look back at the three. There was the San Francisco 49ers butt-kicking where they threw the ball eight times, ran all down the throat of the Packers. Then there was the Tampa Bay choke job by LaFleur where inside the, what, 10-yard line with, I don't know, with two minutes, three minutes left, Rob, they, they decided we're going to kick the field goal. Now there was some, oh, well, Rodgers could have run it in. I, I don't think he could have got in. I, he could have run a little bit and maybe set up a fourth and goal from the three or whatever. Nevertheless, I think that game's on the floor. He kicked the field goal. Brady gets a first down, game over. Then you have the choke job at home against San Fran. And that I think we can firmly attribute to the special teams. So every year it's something, and it's never Aaron Rodgers. I just wonder if Rodgers said, you know what, we had a good run. I think anywhere I go, I'm winning a damn Super Bowl. I'm in the mix. Y'all are the problem. I think it's easy, Rob, for Aaron Rodgers to say trade me. Now then the question is, well, fine, where's he going to go? Well, I think Denver is perfectly suited for a quarterback. You've got a lot of talent in that building. Does he want to go there? I, I don't know. I know they hired his offensive coordinator, Hackett, guy he knows well. Does that matter? I don't know. I mean, the Packers are trying all these chess moves to 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 make it more enticing for Aaron Rodgers to stay. Rob, I, I just think like we saw this with LeBron. We saw this with Kevin Durant. These superstars just want change. Change is good. Sometimes you just need a reboot. I have no issue with him leaving. You can even try to tell me, oh, that's an inferior team. They're not going to have as good of a chance. Well, I'll just say fine. Point out all the great, point out all the Super Bowl trips they've had. In the last eight years or whatever. They're 0-5 in conference championship games. You guys don't want to pin that on Rodgers. And I just, I'm not ready to go there. So, I have no problem with Rodgers leaving, Rob. I, 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 I still will go, I still will say, I believe he asked for a trade. And I do not think he's in Green Bay next year. Ooh. I mean, um, to me, uh, we'll start off with you for how you started off that little rant was, where does this come from? And you and I both know how this business works. Information does not get out unless somebody wants it out. And if we're led to believe that Aaron Rodgers is radio silent right now, this feels like the Green Bay Packers are putting it out there because they were so vocal the last two to three weeks about them wanting him back. You mentioned the $50 million a year offer that if he doesn't come back, it's not on us. If he doesn't come back to Green Bay, we did everything we could. This, this is on him now at this point. So, we're going to put it out there that while we are not discussing or haven't discussed a, a trade possibility with Aaron Rodgers, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't be willing to discuss an Aaron Rodgers trade. You know, maybe, like you said, he just wants to change his scenery. Maybe he's decided that he, he's kind of run its course in Green Bay 
for whatever reason, they they don't have you. It's kind of funny. You think about it. They've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, two of easily yeah. the top 10. You could probably maybe top seven, eight quarterbacks of all time. And they could only have two Super Bowls to show for it. Yeah. What is that in like 25 years? Yeah. Something like that. Something ridiculous. 25, 30 years. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I will say, I don't know if this is a reliable source, but as far as hotel and travel and entertainment news, it's 1000% reliable. But there is a Twitter f- account that I follow called at Vital Vegas. I don't know if it's one guy or two, but he put out last week and I retweeted it that someone named Devonte Adams just bought a $12 million house outside that. of Las Vegas. Now, I don't know if that's true, but he did have the Adele show getting canceled. He had that early. He had the resort world's delay in the, in the wow. development. He had that early. He had a lot of things pretty early. And so two, one sports thing he said was Devonte Adams just bought a house in Vegas. Number one. And the other thing he mentioned was the NBA is going to announce uh, Las Vegas expansion team sometime in 2022. Wow. So I guess my only thing, I don't, here's what I don't get about Devontae Adams. Let's say Rogers says trade me. They can just, they'll have the money to tag Devontae Adams. Right? Yeah, so but, can't but, go anywhere. but why would you do that though? Like, like I understand. Well, wait, you can't throw Jordan Love to the Wolves. Yeah. Can but you, you? You can always, I mean, I, I don't, I think it's stupid for any team in any situation to let go of talent for free. That's number one, you know, but, at the same time, why would you want to keep Devonte Adams at twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four million dollars a year, whatever it is, to have Jordan Love be his quarterback? Well, couldn't you, with Jordan Love and a, a pretty good roster, still win that division? Based on what we saw in that one well, game last we, season, we, no. We saw one. We saw one. <laughs> I mean, he's been there two years. They drafted him in the in the first round. They've got to think something of the guy. I. I, I just, don't know. So you're saying you lose Rodgers and Adams? Yeah, I mean, well, I wouldn't just release Adams. I, like, I, I would franchise him and then trade him, whether it's to the Raiders or whoever. I wouldn't give him up for free. But I just don't understand why you'd be willing to give up that much money to Devontae Adams, knowing that you have a limited quarterback who, and so far in, what, two years, has not shown any kind of ability to be an above-average quarterback. Above average okay, I'll throw, out, I'll throw out two more. Eagles, they got three picks in the first round. I, I think we all think Jalen Hurts is a little limited. I'll get crazy. Arizona for Kyler Murray? I don't see Kyler Murray <laughs> going to Green Bay. Uh, and the last one would be, and nobody's going to like this, the San Francisco 49ers, where Aaron Rodgers is from, the Bay Area. Oh, wow. Would that give you Kevin Durant vibes if he did that? No, why would it? I know I know you don't you don't, you know, hold that against him, but just the idea that he goes to the team that beats him. You think people he would get killed the way Kevin oh, Durant? Oh, I, I didn't put that together. That, yeah. That's right. Uh, um, I think he'd get roasted if he did that. Can you imagine Kyle Shanahan getting Aaron friggin' Rodgers? I mean, he made Matt Matt Ryan an MVP. <laughs> I mean, now I don't know what the, the 49ers would have to give up a lot. Are you giving up a Bosa brother and picks? And they I mean, they do don't they have enough Trey Lance? realistically. They don't have enough realistically to make it happen, you know, because they gave up so many picks to get Trey Lance. Um, I would can't, love can't get, to see, and I, I don't I don't know if this is realistic either. The Tennessee Titans with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, their defense is really good. That that division, kind of like the NFC North, is not great. Mm. 
Oh, you just got me thinking. Not the Tennessee Titans, but what about the Colts? They're dumping Wentz. They have no quarterback of the future. Rodgers gets to play indoors. Uh, receivers aren't great, but the defense is good. Jonathan Taylor, amazing offensive line. Colts? Colts in play? And you know with the big, big, big names, the trades usually come out of nowhere. Like, it would, it would probably be a surprise if he went to Denver, which is where everybody's been predicting, right? Usually it's a team that's been quietly working behind the scenes, don't leak anything out, and then boom, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you know, like, Aaron Rodgers would be a neutron bomb. If you Boom, went to Matthew Nicole. Stafford to the Rams. That's exactly what you're talking about. Same kind of thing. Because there was no... Nobody nothing. saw that coming. Right, right. Um, was there any Tom Brady and Tampa juice? Uh, outside of Colin Cowherd, no. Oh, he was pro- he was pushing that? He was kind of subtly pushing that. Because remember, he he I think he said on his show that his source had no, with no affiliation with the NFL. It was like an entertainment person mm. source. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, outside of Aaron Rodgers, the only other big one, oof, and you know this is going to, this one's going to hurt. So I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday, Amari Cooper. That was Friday. Essentially, all the reporters came out and said Amari Cooper's getting released. Um, he's got a $20 million cap hit. They can't trade him. He's toast. And uh, there's no way to cut it. That's a devastating blow to Dak Prescott. But you had to foresee this coming. When they gave Dak the 40 mil, you knew there was a limited window. There was last year and maybe this coming year. And that's it. Because when Dak's salary makes that leap to 40 mil, well, you got to cut somewhere. And Amari Cooper is the first guy that's going to get cut. Now, this gets even worse because, remember, Gallup suffered the big injury. I don't know if it was in the playoff game or, like, the second to last game or last game of the season, but late in the season to the point where he probably will not be ready for week one, Michael Gallup. He's not even going to be able to hit the market. Remember, my Jets had had interest in him. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, so you're going to lose Amari Cooper and Gallup, and you're going to open the season with, what, CeeDee Lamb and Cedric Wilson? Like, well, life's going to be a little tougher for CeeDee Lamb when he's a marked man. And is he really an outside guy? He could eat in the slot, but can he be an outside guy exclusively? I don't. I mean, he's really good, really talented. He could play outside, but is he going to dominate the way he did in the slot? Like, he kills guys in the slot. And, and, and it all just looks bad. Well, it got worse. Late Sunday, it came out in Dallas that the Cowboys asked Demarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut, and he said, no, thank you. <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence, listen, I know he got obviously passed by Trayvon, well, not, I don't, not necessarily Trayvon Diggs, but like they got, the Cowboys got excellent play out of Randy Gregory, Trayvon Diggs, um, the rookie Micah Parsons, like all of a sudden Demarcus Lawrence went from being the alpha on that defense to like second banana for sure to Parsons. Um, and you just have to wonder like, Really? They're just going to dump Demarcus Lawrence? Uh, folks, Demarcus Lawrence is a, uh, like, I don't want to say superstar, but he's pretty damn close, right? I mean, second round pick, he did have, he did struggle a little bit this year. He, he's uh, 29, he turns 30 here shortly. Injuries limited him to seven games, but he only had three sacks, which is basically a career low. 
um, like five years ago, he had 14 and a half and he was a superstar. You know, then he has 10 and a half and they pay him. And finally, he missed a bunch of games last year, half the season. Production plummets. And it's like, wow. So the Cowboys are basically going to go in losing a top three defensive player. They're leading. I mean, I mean, I, I call Amari Cooper a one. What, what do you call him, Rob? For them, he's their one for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember, Dak Prescott became a star when they got Amari Cooper. Like Dak's numbers were game manager ish uh, as a rookie. Then they add Amari Cooper, and it's like, whoa, Dak's putting up like top six, seven numbers in the league. And Rob, is this just the beginning? Like, what's next? Are they going to have to cut from the offensive line? Because we know Jerry's not touching Zeke. That's his guy. He ain't taking Zeke's money. But well, folks, he's also just, not touching Zeke because if they were, he'd have a $30 million in dead cap. Like, I know, just, I, yeah, I know that you deal. point to the Dak Prescott move, but to me, that Ezekiel Elliott contract is the one that's going to be the anvil that sinks the ship. Because yeah. to your point, I don't know if Dak Prescott's an elite quarterback. I don't, I don't think he's proven that he can be. You know, I mean, just look since 2018 when they got Amari Cooper. In games where Amari plays, he's 28 and 16. They get 28 points a game, 68% of his passes, about 300 yards a game, quarterback rating 102. When Amari Cooper misses games, he's missed nine, three and six. They only scored 20, so eight points less. His completion percentage drops by four. His passing yards per game drops by over 70. Passer rating goes from 103 to 86. Now, Jeez. if you're an elite quarterback like a Aaron Rodgers, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a pick your favorite guy, Josh Allen. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Sure, Justin Herbert. Are you going to be better with your number one guy? Of course you are. Yeah. By the way, Justin not- Herbert, even when Mike w- Williams goes down, Keenan Allen goes down, yeah. he's making Donald Parham <laughs> and these other guys I, I mean, look like superstars. Uh, uh, Herbert is my guy. I, I'm all in on Justin Herbert. Continue, We've sorry. firmly established. But like, yes, like yes. to your point, you know, when, when they're available, obviously you're better. But when they're not available, you should still be pretty good. Your numbers should not fall off a cliff the way that Dak Prescott's mm-hmm. had. And... When they invested all that money into Ezekiel Elliott, who's already was showing he was breaking down last season. They didn't blame the knee injury, but he's been running slow for two and a half years now. You suddenly lose your number one receiver. They're going to lose their, I guess, who was their number one pass rusher, probably not their second best pass rusher. To your point, they're probably going to lose at least one or two of the offensive linemen. And that Super Bowl window with all of these stars that the Dallas Cowboys like to claim that they have is going to shut immediately because Dak Prescott is not the kind of guy who can elevate a bunch of average to above average players and take them to the promised land. He's a guy who can take a group of really good players and make them better, but he's not going to elevate the also-rans the way that some of these other quarterbacks can. And I know that he got the big money and that's that's fair, whatever, but when you have that much money tied up in a plotting running back and that, that is Zico Elliott and you paid him before you had to because Jerry Jones might be the worst contract negotiator in the entire NFL. Anytime his guys ask for more money or hold out, he always caves. Yeah. Feelings. Yeah. He's big. He's all in his feelings. Yeah, so. Absolutely. And so I, I think that you mentioned even before the season. So kudos to you that this window was short and I think with the loss of impending losses of Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence, that window is all the way shut. Yeah, it's disappointing if you're a Cowboys fan. I know people will try to fight it, but 
Also, this is more incentive for Washington to find a quarterback for Philly to make a play for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the New York Giants, I, I don't know. <laughs> Brian Dable, good luck with that. Um, all right, guys, we've gone long enough uh, on a Monday. March Madness Championship Week begins. By the way, we didn't even talk about Coach K and Duke just gagging on Saturday at home against UNC. Oof. By the way, NCAA tournament time coming up. I, I can't wait. I'm getting excited. We'll talk plenty college hoops, a lot of NBA. And, and remember, NFL draft is coming up. Like March and April are still popping, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.